joining us for another episode of Code Concepts with myself, Rachel Patterson, and Pete Roquet. Today, we're talking about an awesome topic, as we always do, of course, as you know. Um, however, we're talking about the collaborations between police departments and code enforcement and really what that looks like today. So I'm going to let Pete take it away with introducing our very special guest and very excited to talk to you, sir. Take it away, Pete. Oh, thank you. So I had the pleasure of working with Chief Tom DeRay from Garden Grove, California. Uh, we formulated this awesome code enforcement and police department programs. Um, they have several units within the police department, um, the crime prevention unit, the uh, the uh, the special resource officer unit, and, and, and special investigations units. And we always work collaboratively. Lovely with uh, with the police department, and you know it's my pleasure to introduce uh, Chief DeRay. Uh, Chief, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got started in police work and how you became the chief of uh, police in Garden Grove? Yeah, so uh, you know I was I was born and raised in the city. I now um, that I that I police. Um, I um, I was in the the U. I went to the U.S. Army. Uh, came out really at that point. I didn't know what I wanted to do and. So, um, I, I just had a calling to the police department. And, uh, so I, I joined the police department, uh, 1990 and, uh, worked, um, as a police cadet eventually, um, was hired as, as a police officer in 92 and went through, um, the ranks there. The majority of my time, um, I've done, uh, portions of, of patrol. Um, but the majority of my time was working uh, undercover in the special investigations unit, um, as well as the, the gang unit. I was promoted uh, to sergeant, where, again, I, I was sent back to patrol, but uh, quickly went back to supervise our special investigations unit. And that was in there where I met uh, Pete and, and his crew. Um, and then from there, um, I was promoted to lieutenant. Uh, within two years, captain, and then another two years to chief of police of our city. Oh, impressive. Good, sir. I mean, you mentioned being in the U.S. Army. Thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. And, and one of the um, things with uh, the collaboration, so code enforcement at one time was housed under the police department, and code enforcement, like in many jurisdictions, they hop around from place to place because Code enforcement is such a big spectrum of assignments that there's really no real home for them. So they bounce from the police department to community development to housing, public works, city admin. So all over the place. And they were housed under um, the police department for some time. But I, I think in the scope of everything, a lot of times when certain code enforcement units land in police departments, they're not really equipped to handle like building violations mm -hmm. or because, you know, for the most part, police, uh, uh, you know, fall under the penal code and things like that. So, um, so they take on assignments like parking enforcement or, um, or animal control, or those types of assignments. So the, the, the story with, uh, with our relationship with code enforcement and uh, the police department was, you know, we, we st um, this was before I came along. Our chief building official actually did a lot of uh, marijuana dispensaries. And can you talk a little bit about that, uh, Chief? Yeah, so I'll tell you, this was, uh, this was one of the things I was uh, dealing with as, as a sergeant inside of our narcotics unit. Um, so they were illegal in our city. We, we watched this um, throughout 
California, uh, really in, in Orange County, we were getting hit hard. And especially in our city in Garden Grove. At one point, uh, I believe we had about 66 illegal marijuana dispensaries. So my crime rate was just skyrocketing. I was having takeover robberies, uh, burglaries at night. Um, you name it, we were having it. Um, so what all we did, I mean, we went straight police work. I mean, we were doing search warrants like nobody's business. So for me, it's difficult. I'm going, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're taking my guys away. We're doing search warrants on marijuana dispensaries. And, um, it was just nonstop. We probably did close to 60, 70 search warrants uh, a year. This was going on for multiple years. And, uh, we tried at some point to get code enforcement involved, um, but um, we just didn't have the, um, I think, the buy-in at the time. And, um, you know, uh, Pete talks about um, our chief building official, um, uh, David Dent, and Pete came on. And, and I got to tell you, that's where the collaboration um really started and that's where we started to see some some huge successes we had um and i'll just paint a picture for you we had a multi-complex commercial building um kind of run down with um i think what pete maybe 12 to 15 suites in it uh, overrun uh, this was uh, la uh, los angeles gangs that were operating uh, the dispensaries in this area uh, every one of these suites was a marijuana dispensary. Um, we had hit it multiple times. They had a pretty high-powered attorney um, that specialized in, in suing the police departments um, for the, the raids on these medical marijuana uh, dispensaries. And um, I think the first time we worked with uh, code enforcement and the building officials, just with Pete and David, we went in there. And they came in behind us, and we we found so many violations. Well, they did. I I, I don't know what the violations are, so this is why I need you. <laughs> and we were able to. Re they red tagged the entire the entire complex. So, you know, we're, we're like, what does that mean? And they're like, look, no one can go in there. And on this municipal code that we have in Garden Grove, you cannot enter at once they they post that. So, we did that. That night, uh, we went back out. Our patrol officers went back out. We arrested over 35 individuals um, inside this complex and we're trying to get it running again because that's how it was. We, we, we hit them. We, we take all their marijuana. Um, we're running out of space to save it or to, to <laughs> store it. And um, they would be back operating like we never hit them with the same amount of marijuana within an hour. Wow. Uh, so, so this attorney... Um, I'll, I will tell you the attorney that um, was representing them, um, again, he, he had some where he was handling some big federal cases as well. He had no, nothing. He, I mean, it was great because he couldn't defend the building code violations. He couldn't defend any of it. And they went away. And within a week, they were gone. And that dilapidated building was just vacant. Um and then we just started, we just started going through and hitting all of them. I'll tell you today, we have zero, zero marijuana dispensaries in our city. Wow. So great job, Pete. <laughs> <laughs>
that's awesome. That has to do something for your crime level if it, if it spiked during that time period. Yeah, I mean, look, the majority of ours in in our city and, and in some neighboring towns is um, majority of them run by gangs or they're not medical um, whatsoever. They're they're to enhance uh, and finance the, the the street gangs. So, I mean, we saw a lot of that, and yes, our our, our crime just it went down but we also had some cities neighboring us that um legalized and and uh basically legalized and, and put a max on how many they had in their city we don't so we don't have any in in our city and for those watching um the 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 major violations for building codes are change of use um that's one uh um Egress. I mean, a lot of times the, everything's blocked off, so people don't break in, and they end up trap um, sealing the people inside. So, and they you know, build like pretty much quasi cages. Uh, a lot of times with marijuana grows, you may have a, um, illegal electrical with a lot of plumbing that creates a, a, a fire hazard. So, th these are some of the tools that one needs to use when using the building code. And um, and a lot of times I've seen jurisdictions, I've been in other jurisdictions when you use injunctions and those typically take a little bit longer, like Chief said. Uh, but when it comes to life and safety, those are immediate risks that we can we can mitigate right away and get people out of there. And, and yeah, our code does say you cannot enter on an unsafe uh, to occupy building. And, you know, that's a great tool. And people get the message and we, we uh, and then we hold the owner responsible to say, hey, this is your property it needs to come into compliance and you need to do it now. And and a lot of times they don't know that. Well, they do know, but uh, a lot of times they say they don't know that the marijuana dispensary was there. But it's a great tool and it it's really fast and efficient. Right, Chief? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'll tell you, I mean, this expanded. So, um, you know, for us in our city, I mean, we're, we're just kind of unusual, right? We have a lot. Every city has their own little quirks, little different crime, you know, everything. Well, we... Um, we started having a lot of gambling houses. Um, so um, back in, shoot, probably 2010, 2011, we have coffee shops in our Vietnamese area. And um, we had gambling machines in there. And I was instructed by the police chief at the time, get them all out. So we ended up hitting all of our, our coffee shops on search warrants. Um, we had houses, everything else. We were taking these gambling machines out. Right? What are these? I think we seized like 150,000 cash out of one coffee shop. But um, we found that we were having a real problem. So we did that. And we came up with the municipal code that you couldn't have any gaming devices or amusement devices um, inside these coffee shops. Because we were getting a lot of complaints from uh, relatives. Hey, my husband just spent all his money at this place, blah, blah, blah. So what we saw is they moved from the coffee shops, and these were all run by Asian organized crime. Um, they moved them into homes. So they would start renting homes inside of a community. Uh, picture a drug house, you're getting the complaints, things like that of cars coming and going. Uh, we were having shootings, we were having robberies. I mean, you name it, we were having it uh, inside of our city. And so we expanded onto that. And we would go in and, and also look at these homes that were kind of modified and everything else. And code enforcement was able to help us out and they would be gone. The moment we 
went in and we did a search warrant and we red tagged that they were gone. Uh, they didn't come back. Um, in fact, what we're seeing now is it was so successful that they will not come into our city to set up these gambling places and they'll go into the neighboring cities because they don't, they don't do anything. So if you go heavy enforcement, um, you could do all the search warrants you want is what I found, right? It's just a waste of paper sometimes, uh, here in California, um, you really don't get anything for a misdemeanor. I mean, it's, it's kind of a joke, but, um, we saw this as a way to just push it out. So the problem we don't have anymore. We also use them on, uh, our prostitution massage parlors that we had in our city that I mean, we had some, I've, I've hit probably 50 times on a search warrant and they, they would never leave because what they do is the, the property owner will say that they don't know that they're operating like that. But instead of the rent, you know, where they're getting 2,500 to three grand, they're actually getting five, six, $8,000, $10,000 a month. Uh, to allow them to operate and they won't kick them out. And then the moment we were red tag, based on the modifications that they would make in there that were unsafe, they were gone. So we only have pretty much legal ones now. We will get the occasional illegal one, but those are quickly shut down. So it's it's just been great. It was a great partnership. I mean, from a police standpoint, we were not successful. We just didn't, we don't have the tools. So when we developed that partnership with uh, code enforcement, that's when everything changed for our city, everything. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of big picture things were able to come to fruition. You know, uh, that collaborative effort between code enforcement and the police getting these larger issues, you know, certainly awesome. What what would you suggest as the chief of police for, you know, we talked a little bit about in the beginning about not a lot of departments or we'll say police departments necessarily want or understand code enforcement. So kind of bringing it all the way back to the beginning, you know, what do you suggest? How do you go about talking to um, a community development manager or talking to building to bring those services within your department? So we, we had them in our department. We had, we had code. Uh, I mean, Pete talked about it. I, I will tell you the first thing I will say is leadership. The leadership from a code enforcement aspect is key. Uh, they were under us, but we just didn't have, because we brought them in. We wanted to use them for a community policing Okay. Uh, aspect to kind of work on a lot of things. But what we saw is we didn't have the leadership on that side, hence why they were moved back to City Hall. But if you get the individuals in there, and it might only be one or two code officials that make that initial relationship with the police department, mm -hmm. but that's key. And that's what happened here. It wasn't, it, it was one or two individuals. It was David and Pete and, you know, our relationship with them was brought in we could see what they what they could do i mean they came in and said hey this is what we can offer you know we see that you guys have been doing this this is what we can offer and the moment we saw because you know with police department we're very like we got to see action oriented and it was man they came in and the first we we're like we've been trying to get rid of these people for over a year and they got rid of them in one day. We're like, okay, you guys are our new best friends, you know? So um, I, I'm telling you, it's a lot of it is leadership. It's leadership within the code enforcement. It's leadership within the police department as well. Right. right. And, and one of the things that I would always recommend is, you know, 
it's not a it's not a credit thing, you know, because at the end of the day, if, if you're looking for that that um, that credit, it's you know what it should be a, a team. The city of Garden Grove did this. It shouldn't be the police department or code enforcement. It's always about you know what we got the job done. We work collaboratively. Uh, same word. Okay, we work together to uh, get this thing done. You know, and you know my first yeah. my first when I came in the the weed dispensary stuff was going on, and I just piggybacked on that. Um, you know, and bringing in other tools that I had from other jurisdictions and presenting them to the chief. That was the key that um, for him to understand what we were doing and how we're doing it. And they were very hands off. Uh, what we did ask them and they were so awesome. And, you know, um, we had um, uh, we, we just had a great partnership where I'm like, hey, I need um, I need. I need PD here at this date. I need PD here. They were always responding. I mean, their their support for us is what, you know, made us safe. You know, uh, we normally wear like what, uh, a polo shirt and slacks. And, you know, sometimes they, they, they PD were like, hey, why are you in your church clothes? <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, um, uh, you know, they went in there cleared out the apartments, cleared out the houses, cleared out uh, the lots. You know, we had to work with transients. They were right there. Um, you know, I mean, there was a lot of issues that we police and, and code enforcement handled, uh, you know, transients on private property, uh, uh, the illicit motels. Um, I mean, I can go on and on. And it's just that partnership that we have, the homeless encampments. I mean, it's just goes on and on and chief uh, i know like i know a little bit of the makeup of of garden grove can you talk about uh, a little bit about the different units that you have like siu the uh, community yeah. improvement uh, folks and the special resources team yeah so so i have um a specialty uh division that um you know i have our gang unit that's really just focuses on gang suppression and and some of the follow-up there and and investigations involving gangs special investigations unit um we primarily handle narcotics vice i mean we'll handle anything organized crime anything that's uh, of a political nature um, we, um, we have our traffic bureau, we have our crime prevention. I have uh, a special resource team, which is our, our four person, uh, homeless team where we, we, we try to get them services, but I'll, I'll be honest with you, 98% of the people don't want anything. So we arrest them for things heavy. We're heavy, heavy, heavy enforcement. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's sporadic records, dispatch, you know, just like all the other police departments, but, uh, really the specialty units were some of the primary ones that, that worked with, um, our code enforcement. Am I missing one Pete that you want me to No, on? No, you, you know, and, and it's like, like you said, it sometimes it gets problematic and you know, the, the um, the leadership in those units would reach out to us saying, Hey, uh, w um, we need you to join us on this warrant because we know it's going to be, it's going to be one of those cases. Uh, one of the other things that, you know, chief allowed us to do was, you know, go in there and educate during every shift on what it is that uh, a normal patrol person can call us on and say, Hey, you know, and, and, you know, we give them a presentation. If you see this, you need to call us. If it's a problem property and you see this, you need to call us. And you know what? And, and I did give my personal number to them. And guess what? My phone blew up like, <laughs> I was like, oh, they should have given my work number. But, you know, all in all, like, you know, I made uh, very good uh, friends with a lot of the, um, a lot of the, uh, 
police uh, police officers, and you know what? They all have the same mission. They care about their city. They care about their police department, and it's just admirable to see that you know they they look at us like they don't look at they don't look at us like you know lesser law enforcement. They just look at us a, a, another tool that they have, and I think that's that's where um, you know that's where it differs because you know I always say we're not we're not police officers. You know, I and I always say. You know what? When you have a code enforcement officer that thinks they're a police officer, tries to act with that sense of authority, you get a lot of uh, problems sometimes where, you know, you're mouthing off to some gang member and you know what? Officer safety, you know, it, it just becomes an issue. So, you know, one of the things I say, hey, we need to be community partners. Um, the city of Garden Grove does have a great um, community uh, policing outreach program, you know, with Kelly Hahn and, you know, and I mean, they just go out there they actually included code enforcement in their citizens academy now which is wasn't done before they invite us to national night out you know where we can go out there and promote the craft of code enforcement and educate and and believe it or not people will come into your booth and just start complaining about the neighbors <laughs> so where they're just taking complaints which is cool but you know another day it is what it is yeah so um so, Chief, is there any, um, let me see, one of, one of the things that we always say to, to well, what I tend to say to folks is like, you know, um, the police officers sometimes take care of the bees and we take care of the hive, you know, the, the home. Right. And I, I, yeah. I think that's such a great partnership. I mean, I, we've gone out to locations where I don't think I would have ever experienced what I experienced if it would not have been for the police department to say, hey, you need to come look at this. And I go over there and just like the craziest modifications of electrical wires in the backyard. You have people living in tents. I mean, you have kids back there. It's just, it, it, you see some crazy gnarly stuff that PD sees and for nation, for police departments across the nation, sometimes, you know, a lot of times police officers don't have the foresight to call code enforcement and say, Hey, this is an issue. Can you come over? I mean, that needs to happen more often and you reduce the amount of crime that happens. It's about having that partnership and that leadership, though, having that understanding from both parties that you need each other. It's a beautiful partnership. So like Renee says, working with the PD is absolutely essential. Um, and if there's a disconnect with the PD, it's a safety issue. I would have to absolutely agree with you, Renee. I work fully uniformed in a police department um, where you really have to be able to count on the information you're being provided, You know, whether it's coming to you from dispatch with priors on the property um, certain people you need to be worried about. You know, typically when you're in your church clothes, like Pete said, you know, you're going up to these houses without that information, without that. Sometimes it's key. Sometimes it's not. Um, I joke all the time about we can do what we do with the smile on our face and the words coming out of our mouths, not our badges. So it's really just dependent on that situation. So having that really good collaborative working uh, relationship is extremely important. So I agree with you. And not just on the bigger you know, issues, the, the parlors and the marijuana, but just the basic um, officer contacts, you know, trying to get information from somebody, um, knowing that you have an officer there to back you up if you need them is, is definitely important. So thank you, Renee. So, Chief, one of the things that, you know, some of our, our audience may want, you know, because they're looking at this as an example of what, what we were able to do. So sure. one of the for a code manager, what's the best way you think for them to approach, uh, you know, like a colleague, a uh, fellow police chief and say, hey, how do we um, 
How do we partner? How do we do this? You know, because I've been in jurisdictions where code enforcement doesn't communicate with the police department. And to me, that's a disservice to that community. So how does a code department outreach to, um, how, how does one kind of make that connection? Your opinion. I think it's a lot of kind of what we did where I think, you know, it's not so much that the, the chief, um, you know, I mean, like with Lisa, we have a great relationship, the director of, of that division of myself, we have a great relationship where the relationship really blossomed was more at the officer sergeant level. Um, and that's where it came in because as a sergeant, I'm, I'm going to the chief and to the captain kind of saying, look, um, we're, this is what we're going to do. We're going to try this. This is what um, codes, you know, is saying that, that, that they can do. And I think when you start seeing results is when you're going, wow. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of things, I mean, even right now, a lot of things are, are, are in between code and PD, right. parking issues. I mean, you name it. So for, for me, if, if I can take some of that off them, because I'll tell you, like in our city right now, it's code that gets bashed more than the PD, mm -hmm. which I'm shocked. I'm like, are you kidding me? Because we have here in California, the, the, uh, the ADUs, we have the, um, uh, you know, this is where they can, you know, ca yeah, California comes up with these laws that, I mean, you can build structures, you know, in, in, in the backyard, if you can fit it, if it's within so many square feet and, it's like you can fit yeah. four now four now <laughs> yeah uh Just so this is going to yeah so this is going to um interact with with code and pd because not only are we going to see we're seeing massive parking issues now. We're watching our community just explode mm -hmm. and there's nowhere to park. And then you have all these, you know, you have 12 cars at a house. Now you have them concreting the entire, um, the entire property. Um, so, so, you know, getting back to what you're asking, Pete, I, I don't know that it comes from the chief. It, it really, it's, when we look at it, it's, it's kind of the blue collar, the working, that relationship starts there. That Listen, I can tell my sergeants, look, hey, get a relationship with, with code and do this, right? And we know how they are, um, you know, and, and not to say that, but they're kind of like, why? We, get, we got our own job. We got our, our stuff to do. Mm -hmm. But once we saw that and we saw the effects and we built that personal relationship, it, we were off to the races. Because they could call me and whatever they needed, I got them. You know, you need it. You need a police car out there. You got it. Uh, no questions asked. So, I mean, we got to the point where they had cell phones of sergeants that were working, officers that were working, and they pop out, boom, and get things done. So, we're very, um, we were very action oriented, both units. But the personal relationship started at the, at that level, the lower level. So, Chief, do your code enforcement officers work um, in conjunction with your watches? So, like in my police department, there's watch one, two, and three, and I'm on watch one. Is that kind of how it works, the makeup in your your department in particular? No, because, I mean, uh, code enforcement is in, in City Hall, which is, is okay. right across the street from the police department. So, we don't, we don't do that. I mean, they work uh, daytime, you know, code enforcement's daytime hours. So, 
a lot of my specialty units are daytime hours. My narcotic guys, they come in at about noon, uh, great hours, huh? Um, but then all the other ones are, are there. So um, okay. they have access to, to all that during the day. Okay. And one of, one of the things that um, is unique about Garden Grove is we actually put out a weekend officer. And I think we have a weekend. We had a person that was just, we didn't assign them to PD, but if PD needs something, um, they're they're trained more to service PD issues. So if um, you know they get a call at eight p.m., that person rolls out at eight p.m. and says, "Okay, is it you know we?" And it's funny because I'm not even in Garden Grove. Sometimes I get a call, "Hey, what do you think?" I'm like, "Well, I, I, I would check with the building official, but you know, but I know what the building official is going to say." So because I, you know, and and I would give them my two cents, you know, uh, like. I love the city of Garden Grove. I would never have left if it's not for this great opportunity. Like I'm getting paid to be here today, <laughs> so you know it's a. I, I can't. Um, I, I can't knock it, but uh, that model that we built in uh, city of Garden Grove is such a great model. I mean, the my first my first task force that I had with the police department, we went after uh, some of these unsavory motels. I mean, you had. You know, you had uh, prostitution, drug activity, in-ops. We went in there. We basically, um, you know, the motels, you're not allowed to be there for less than 28 days. And we had people that were there for years, you know. So we we did our enforcement. People had to move out or move rooms. Uh, we had the uh, property owner clean up that property. It was clean for about a year. And then, yeah. it, you know, just like, you know, just if you don't stay on top of it, it comes back. And this is the one. Right key that you have to continue to uh, stay on top of this stuff. You just have to have to do it. Right. <clears throat> right back. Let me see. So we had a, let's consider, let me see. Okay. And I hope in those of you, okay. So we had a quick uh, question. And, uh, so any, any, any other insights you uh, have for, um, you know, any code divisions out there that may or may not, uh, you know, have that relationship with uh, with their PD? I would just say, you know, uh, try to develop it as best you can. I know a lot of it's just, you know, the personal contact or even having the ability to, to have someone in the PD or code enforcement meet. Um, sometimes we have those barriers, um, but I, I would, I would make every effort. I mean, just the success that we had here in, in our city uh, made a huge impact for our community members. And it's, it's the people that live there that are really feeling the burden of it. We talked, you know, Pete talked about the dilapidated motels. These were in the residential community areas right around that, that were just bringing in individuals that um, were, were meth labs. Um, I mean, we had uh, cocaine lab. I mean, we had everything going on in there and we were able to kind of clean that up and, and they move on, right? They find another hotel, but Pete's right. If you, if you don't stay on top of it, um, it will come back. Um, but I, I just think that you just try, just try to get in there, try to make that contact. Um, I'm telling you once, once I think the police department sees what, what building officials can do and what code enforcement can do and what a benefit it is, they're, they're going to be seeking you out even more and more and more. Like Pete said, he still gets calls. 
Yeah, I think it's very accurate, you know, with both of you talking about the marijuana industry and really when that blew up here in Colorado, those partnerships really changed um, with the municipalities, police departments, so on and so forth with, um, you know, code enforcement officers have that little bit of knowledge in every part. Um, and then having that support with the police, you solve a whole problem, not just the nuisance issue or not just the criminal issue, but it's a, a whole partnership of, of solving problems. Yeah, and, and you do get those calls from council, and sometimes you know, you know, I sat on some of these email threads, and I'm like, you know, chief's like, oh, I'm gonna get an officer out there. I'm like, hey, we'll, we'll take care of it. Don't worry about it, you know. Or sometimes it's for us, and right. you know, PD will say, hey, we'll take care of it. Don't worry about it, and it becomes kind of like that. Okay, who can handle this easier? And I think that you know, because uh, like if somebody's complaining about vendors. Okay, I'm more equipped for vendors, but let's say something goes down, I'd say, hey, I might want a police officer there, you know, just to, to keep the peace. You know, when we serve any type of warrant, you know, PD always, you know, the thing about Garden Grove, they're really good about having briefings beforehand for officer safety issues. We have briefings and say, okay, this is what's going on. This is how we're going to go. Uh, we, we, I mean, they, we're part of that uh, that whole operation, which is, which is awesome. I mean... Uh, they get, we have police radio say, okay, it's clear, come on in. We go in, we handle our business. If we need a red tag, we red tag and, and then move on our merry way. And then we take care of it and just keep PD, uh, you know, to say, hey, if you see some, something there, um, you know, uh, give us a call and have them, you know, have them uh, arrested for trespassing. And we were able, I think when we were there, we were able to demolish about maybe 18 structures that were just bad um uh, I would say um, um, drug houses. They were really, really bad where, you know, you, the walls were soaked with like meth, uh, meth remnants. And so us being able to clear those lots that were issues for what, 10, 15, 20 years, you know, I can think the one on, you know, on my, I know the audience isn't going to know this, but the, the house on Orangewood, which is a long standing problem. It's just a vacant lot now. You know, so we try to we try to do that and use other tools like receiverships or or administrative citations where, you know, some of these um, property owners have to take action or, you know, we, we take our legal recourse. So that that's a whole other tool. And one thing that that we also were able to do was do some cost recovery, because if we're doing some some, uh, let's say, a receivership and we constantly have PD go out there we jot down every single hour that they're out there. That way the city can recoup those costs because it's not fair for all the taxpayers to pay for one property owner's, uh, you know, uh, you know, chaos that they're causing. So and th that, those are good, good tools to have. So, but chief, uh, we really appreciate you. And uh, I mean, I can't think of a better partnership that I had. I mean, I was in other jurisdictions. We had great partnerships, but I, I don't think we ever had the backup that we had, you know, um, I, I had a great relationship with the late Lieutenant Reynolds. I mean, he was oh, yeah. the awesomest guy in, in, you know, that he goes, what do you need? How do we get you this? How do we, I mean, this guy would offer us tools. He wouldn't, you know, we didn't have to ask him. He would just say, Hey, I have this. Do you want to do this? I'm like, okay, you know, be part of this community thing. I'm like, okay, cool. And, and, you know, and, and there's always a give and take. So, you know, I, I really appreciate all the stuff that the uh, Garden Grove Police Department, uh, you know, does for for 
for code enforcement and for their community. And yes, you are right. We do get bashed more on Facebook than you guys do. <laughs> it's, a it's, important. it's important for folks like yourself chief to keep fostering that relationship so thank you from you know over here on this side um you know getting other chiefs and the, the next people in line to understand that these relationships are so important and they have to continue um thanks for being a part of that as well great thank you and so we, we really appreciate you know your time and thank you for joining us and let me see we have uh, a couple of people saying thank you and you know it's, it's just great to hear from uh, you know some police uh, personnel especially in the highest uh, highest level saying hey you know code enforcement works and we you know yep. that partnership works so thank you and if uh, everybody this is Chief DeRay from City of Garden Grove uh, awesome city yeah, I mean I, I I love it but. I'm not there anymore. <laughs> we won't master your information all over the show. To <laughs> but, you when know, you guys, yeah. If anybody Look, has any uh, questions, you can contact me. I'm at uh, proke at fourleafinc.com. Uh, uh, Chief DeRay, he's, you know, contact him at the police department, you know. So, uh, that's, that's thanks really for your service. You. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me, and it's great to talk to everybody. And as, um, as much as I can always promote that relationship, I think it's huge. You know, I'll leave you with this, that uh, the work that we did in Garden Grove with code enforcement in regards to the marijuana dispensaries went throughout Southern California because I was getting, I was getting calls and having meetings with San Bernardino County. I was having, and they're coming to us like, what did you guys do? Uh, they were having warehouses uh, full of marijuana. I mean, just absolutely incredible. And when we started to explain, it was like, wow. And, and they wanted, they were like, well, we'll make an offer to your code enforcement official right now. And we're like, no, you're not taking them. You know, so um, it, it's so important and it's, it's, it's nice to share. And it's, it's such a great tool for the police department to have. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, yeah. and one thing to building officials out there don't be scared to red tag you know you have a lot of building officials that will not red tag if it meets the minimum of criteria it's eligible for it so you know and, and if it somebody's going to get injured or hurt because of that don't be scared code enforcement yes it's a lot of writing but it's 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 valuable well, then that's the so, same thing. You work together to bring resolution, whether it's with the police department, building and code, you just all work together. <laughs> so I will say that we we actually tried to red tag before we had this partnership with code and the building official would refuse to do it. And so it just took so many more man hours from the city. And then until we had someone that that could come in and was confident saying, no, this is it. Uh, that's when everything took off. Yeah. Agree. So th th thanks again for having me and uh, <laughs> you guys, you guys take care. Thank you, Chief. All right, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Joining us as well. Bye. Andre, thank Renee, Cece, Minnie, thank you very much. Have a great day. Bye.